Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Riffing with Clintus. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Because I can. Because I felt like it. What's up, guys? Uh, welcome back to the podcast, uh, Riffing with Clintus, weekly podcast about anything and everything I feel like talking about. And today, this week, we are tackling the topic, the topic that has been the most requested and the most like, I can't wait till you talk about this. And that is YouTube, the YouTube. We have a lot to talk about. This is gonna be a long episode. So uh, just keep that in mind. I don't know, obviously at this moment in time, I don't know how long it's gonna be, but I have a long list of topics and things that I wanna touch on, including some questions from you guys. Uh, I hit up Twitter and Instagram for questions specifically about YouTube. Um, it's gonna be broken up into three parts, uh, my origins, how I got started, why I started doing YouTube, uh, then the kind of middle ground where we started doing daily, quit my job in the last four years. And then we'll talk about the future. A lot of questions about the future, uh, for me and YouTube. So we'll touch base on that. And that's what we'll get into the Q and a as well. As always, if you haven't already, be sure to hit the subscribe button. It is free to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And no matter where you're listening to right now, you can subscribe to it on uh, any of the different platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, it's hosted on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Clintus. It's free to listen uh, other than just, you know, having to listen to a few ads here and there. So... Without further ado, let's jump into this shiz. Oh, by the way, kids, if you're listening to this because you came from YouTube, uh, I am going to swear. There, there will be adult words said because uh, I'm most likely going to get irritated and or upset. And uh, I'm very passionate about this. And so uh, there will be some adult words said. So warning. All right. We got the G Fuel going here. Popping that top. Mm, sour blue chug rug gfuel.com use promo code clintus all right let's get into this she is the year is 2006 i had a blog i was writing blog posts trying to share my thoughts and ideas same concept i've always been with um i had graduated college in 2014 2004 excuse me get my head of myself Jeez, 2004 graduated college Bachelor of Arts in Multimedia. I majored in digital video production. I actually have a degree in video production. Um, I'd worked on a couple of movies. I was still working on a couple of movies. Uh, Sierra was uh, about a year and a half old. Year and a half old. I had heard of YouTube, but it was kind of like a site with random videos, right? Like any number of websites out there back in the day that would, you know, you could upload videos and or people would upload videos and give you something to look at and watch, whatever sort of thing. But it wasn't really a place that seemed logical for my content until I found a guy named Renetto. Uh, um, I was using a website back in the day. I think it was called pop URLs. I think it was the name of the site. It was like a, a an aggregator. Uh, it was my homepage. And when he pulled it up, it'd pull like the top five or top 10 posts from a bunch of different websites, Flickr, YouTube. Um, I don't think Buzzfeed was around back then, but something like Buzzfeed, right? Like news, um, basically like kind of like Reddit today, but it was like, it would aggregate all these websites. Well, anyways, YouTube was one of them. And for whatever reason, I would keep seeing this bald headed guy with these thick black glasses and his, he, he's 
his face would always be on the homepage under YouTube. He'd have like three or four videos. And one day I finally clicked on one of the videos and I watched for about 10 or 15 minutes while he walked around his backyard talking to his webcam on his laptop. He had a MacBook Pro and he just walked around his backyard vlogging from his laptop. And this is the first time I'd ever seen someone do this. To my knowledge, any videos that were posted on YouTube around that time were more like comedy skits, um, you know, just random goof, goofing around videos, right? No one was actually looking at the camera and talking to it, right? Because you don't do that, right? Newscasters do that. But if you're making a TV show or a movie, you never look at the camera. Don't break the fourth wall, right? Well, this guy was like looking right at me and he was talking to me. And he was just talking about his daughter and like something happened at school and and whatever, right? And I'm watching for about 10 or 15 minutes and then I go to the next video and then I go to the next video. The next thing you know, I'm sitting here watching for like two hours. This guy just talked to me and I felt like I knew him. I felt like I was connected to him. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is essentially video blogging. Instead of writing this out in a post, he's talking it out. And I'm like, I want to do this. I would much rather talk than type. I've always been a talker. I've always been someone who'd rather have a conversation than, than, you know, go back and forth with emails or text messages and, and shit like that. And so I started doing more research, trying to find other people that were doing video blogs. And I found this whole community of people that were video blogging as well as making like these web series, right? And these guys were way ahead of their time. I'm talking, I mean, again, we're talking 12 or 12 or 13 years ago. These guys were making, you know, TV shows for the web and no one knew they existed yet. It was, they, they were so ahead of their time, man. I just, oh, there's some really good content back then that, that no one ever, well, no one will ever see, no one will ever hear, hear of. Uh, shout out to Galacticast, man. That was still one of my favorites. I love Casey and Rudy. Anyway, um, so I took a stab at video blogging. I had my YouTube channel, but up until then, only the videos that were on the channel, if you go back and look at the oldest videos right now, is movie trailers, music videos, and stuff that I'd worked on for school. This is all pre-HD, by the way, so they look like trash. But uh, nevertheless, that was the first content that I uploaded. Uh, and then um, and then I, I did my first official video blog, right? And and this, again, was designed for my blog, right? I had a blog, I had a .com that I would post stuff to. And so the idea was is that you would host it through YouTube, but then embed it on your blog, right? Because nobody actually went to YouTube, not for this kind of stuff, right? You want everybody on your blog. Um, and so, you know, the first couple of videos were you know, me sitting in front of a camera talking. Um, I introduced Sierra for the first time in like a, a minute long video. She's eating mac and cheese. And, um, you know, it, they were just kind of random videos. We talked about uh, the weekend. We talked about Internet Explorer versus Firefox. It was more traditional blog posts, right? And then we found out we're pregnant with Bryce. So I was doing some like updates and life updates and baby updates and stuff like that, you know, uh, birthday parties and just kind of capturing these little moments. You know, if you go back to the old, old videos, uh, a lot of the earliest videos are short, right? They're a minute, two minutes, three minutes, you know? If I traveled, I would capture a few moments throughout the day, but they were just really short and sweet, you know? And then there were the longer videos where I would actually sit in front of a camera and talk, right? You look through the oldest thumbnails, it's all just a bunch of thumbnails of me. I took a stab at my own series called Dare Me, where the audience would send in dares. You know, they dare you to me to do something and I would do it on camera. Um, but I... I just struggled with that kind of content because again, that just is not, that's just not what I want to do. I don't have that desire, that burning desire. Um, I went to school as a cameraman and as an editor, right? Which means I have a director and a producer telling me what to do. Um, I've always struggled to be my own boss because I struggle with 
direction, like which direction to go. If I don't know where, which way to go, then I don't want to go anywhere. Right. If I don't want to be just walking just for the sake of walking. Right. I, I, I need to know where I'm going. I've always been that kind of person. So to create my own content where I actually needed to write stuff and come up with these ideas, I always struggled. And even though dare me was the concept was designed for that purpose, you dare me to do something and I'll do it. You gave me the content done. I still struggled with it because if you know me now, I'm not big on the whole, like making an ass out of myself in front of people and, you know, pranks and, and challenges. And you know, I dare you to do this. <laughs> Fuck off. Like that's not me. That's just not my kind of my style. Right. I, uh, I just, it's not me. So it's never been me. And so that dare me didn't last very long. I think it did nine episodes and went back to vlogging. Uh, I participate in the vlog miss or vlog, vlog, uh, Vlomo. I think it was called Vlomo. It was a weekly, a week of daily vlogging because daily vlogging really wasn't a thing back then. So to commit to a full week of vlogging was a big deal, right? Uh, I think there was Navlo Pomo, which was a whole month of vlogging in November. And so that was, those are, those are challenges and things that I did. And, and I, I did that and I did it fairly well. So fast forward, you know, many years later when daily vlogging started to become a thing, I didn't have such a hard time saying I can do that. Right. I've done it before. I've done it a week. I've done, you know, off and on close to a month. I started watching, uh, a lot more YouTube back then. I had a lot of, made a lot of friends over the years, uh, at conferences and stuff like that. People like I Justine. Uh, who was making, you know, she moved to LA and was making all kinds of videos and doing all kinds of fun content. She's very creative. She's always been very creative. So she was a very natural fit. Uh, all she had to do was move to LA where she was more accessible to, you know, collabs and doing fun things. And, you know, the rest is history for her. Um, so it's very, it's awesome to see her nowadays and the, the, the success that she has and the things that she's doing, um, you know, today even not even involved with YouTube. She's just, she's just an influencer period, right? Her reach on all the platforms is just amazing. But I started making friends like that. So I kind of was, had a beat on YouTube. Now, something I want to preface here, kids, cause I, I should have said this in the beginning. And I apologize. When I started doing YouTube back in 2006, 2007, there was no YouTuber. There was no such thing as a YouTuber, right? There was no ad revenue. There was no money to be made. Um, the partner program had come out, I think at the end of 2007, if I remember correctly, it was a long time ago, obviously, but it was around that time frame, um, 2006, 2007. And, and even then it was very, very limited, right? You had to apply for it and you had to get, have so many views, you know, there was no like right or wrong. There was no like clear cut way. You had to make sure you had all these things marked. Um, and so that's really what it came down to, uh, in regards to, you know, when I started, there was, there, there, it just, it's a different landscape than it is today. Right. So a lot of kids ask me, what made you want to be a YouTuber or what did you want to do before you went, you were a YouTuber? Like, you know, <laughs> that didn't exist back then. And so as we have this discussion over the course of the last, you know, the last 12 years, keep that in mind that when I started, it, it, it that didn't exist, you know? So today it's a much different landscape. People go into YouTube saying, I want to make money. I want this to be a full-time job. I want to be a YouTuber, right? I want to be rich and famous. And that wasn't the case back in 2006. Okay. So keep that in mind. All these people that the old school YouTubers, like I just seen, like I mentioned, right? Shay Carl, Charles Trippy, they started doing YouTube because it was fun because it was 
entertaining because it was creative because of whatever reason, right? I did it because I wanted to share my thoughts and ideas like I did on my blog, but I wanted it to be easier because for me, talking is easier than typing. Talking is easier than writing. And so that's why I started doing YouTube videos back then. So fast forward to, um, 2012, I think it was 2012. Um, 2011 Christmas video, you know, the dirt bike video, uh, started to get some viewership and some traction. So it was looking nice. And I was watching Shaytards and CTFXC and a few other daily vloggers. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. This is a, this seems to be a thing. I like this thing. I watch these guys almost every day. Now I can do this. I think I should, I think we should do this. And of course, Tiffany at the time laughed at me and she's like, whatever dork, you do what you want. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm not, I don't want to be on camera. Don't, don't shoot video of me. And, and the same thing with the Bevos, right? Like Jack and Chrissy, Jack, every time I put the camera on him, he'd want to flip me off, right? He wanted to flip me off because he didn't want to be on, on video. You know, he laughed at it, blah, blah, blah. And so for the, for the first couple of months, if you go back and watch the first set of vlogs, um, I'm really the only one talking to the camera. I obviously had, you know, pointed to the kids and asked them some questions and they were just being cute and adorable. But Tiffany really isn't part of the vlog. She wouldn't, she wouldn't vlog at all. Um, you know, it was like pulling teeth just to get her to turn the camera on and point at the kids and let alone try to talk to them, you know? And so it was all me in the beginning and uh, I was figuring stuff out, figuring out what worked, what didn't work, you know, trying to be creative, uh, with my lack of creativity. Um, and you know, and because the, 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 the Christmas dirt bike video was doing so well, our vlogs seemed to be doing well, right? Because we were getting all this traffic from that one video that was kind of going viral and they'd watch all our dirt bike videos and then they'd be like, oh, they, they're daily vloggers now. Cool. I'll subscribe. And boom, we get these new subscribers. And, uh, we grew pretty quickly. We grew pretty quickly after a year of daily vlogging, we'd picked up, I think maybe a thousand subscribers, which I know doesn't sound like a lot now, but back then was a big deal, right? It was a big deal. And, um, we signed on with an MCN and a year later, I'm like making money. Like things are really happening. I'm making a, I'm making, I'm getting a YouTube check every month, um, from, you know, from YouTube and, and we're making, I'm making money. This and all of a sudden everyone starts paying attention. Like, wait a minute, Clint's made a thousand dollars this month from what doing what? Like YouTube videos, talking to a camera, who's watching these things, right? Why would you watch this, right? That's all, everyone, all my friends and family are saying, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, Tiffany starts seeing these checks come in. She's like, wait a minute. Okay. What do you need me to do now? What do you want me to do? You know, money talks, money talks. So it makes sense that kids today see these, these YouTubers, you know, flexing and, and showing off and spending money and doing all these cool things. Like, oh, I want to be like that guy when I grew up. I get it. It's like a movie star nowadays, right? When we were kids, we wanted to be a movie star. But the problem is they, they, they think these YouTube videos are real and there's a lot of fake stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff that's made up. There's a lot of stuff that's, you know, rented or borrowed or, you know, just for the sake of the video, but it's not really real. And I think a lot of kids are getting taken advantage of because of that, but we'll talk about that later on. Um, so fast forward a few, a few years and we've gone to VidCon and playlists. And we're doing these conferences and YouTube's going very well. Um, the end of 2014, my YouTube checks are coming in at the same amount as my paychecks, literally like 
my YouTube check would come in and I would look and that was exactly the same amount of money that I got paid for my employer. Now, granted that's gross versus net, right? So I'm grossing the same amount as I'm netting a little different there for you kids who don't understand that gross is before taxes, insurance, 401k, any of the, any of the, the stuff that gets taken out of your check. Right. And then your net is what you actually get paid and it goes into your bank account. So my YouTube gross was as much as my employer employee, uh, net, right. Which means the bring home money was the same. So when that started happening, that's when I started questioning myself, like, why am I still going to work? If I put a little more time into YouTube, could I make more money? So I paid off all our debt, paid off my student loans, um, and made the decision that, you know what, at the end of the year, at the end of the year, I'm going to quit my job and go all in on YouTube, which is scary as hell because when I got out of college, I did something similar to that and it didn't work out. And we were in a lot of debt. We were in a lot of debt. We took a second mortgage out on our house and we were upside down for years. And we were finally upside, right side up and in a position where we could pay off debt and we were doing really well, especially with the YouTube money. So I was like 33 years old. I'm still pretty young. Fuck it. Let's do this. So we put two months worth of bills in the bank and I put my six week notice in, gave my, my, my boss uh, plenty of time to find a replacement for me. And the end of uh, 2014, my kids went out of school for winter break. I was done with my job and I went full-time YouTuber at that point. And, uh, you know, things continued to go really well that year. Uh, I quit my job at 65,000 subscribers because I was getting insane viewership from suggested views. So little, little, uh, little spoiler here. I was doing so well, not because of my subscriber base, not because I had a loyal audience. I was doing so well because my videos were being recommended and suggested all over the place. I was getting very, I was very lucky and very fortunate to, to ride the algorithm in a positive way. And looking back now over the last, you know, four years, I can see that that's, that's like gambling, right? I basically gambled and I was winning over and over again. Imagine being on a hot streak in Vegas, right? You keep gambling because you keep winning. You're like, dude, I'm just going to keep going, keep going. Cause I'm, I'm, I can't lose. I can't lose. That was the first couple of years after I quit my job. Right. Um, 2014 into 2015, you know, we, we had a hundred thousand subscribers in April and at the end of May I had hit 200,000 subscribers. So in a, it, it took me six years to get a, my first hundred thousand in less than six weeks, I hit another hundred thousand and things just kept growing and it kept going well. I was now making twice as much money as I was making at my employer. Um, I could pretty much do what I wanted when I wanted you know, Tiffany quit her job because she didn't need to work anymore. You know, like I said, I was making twice as much money as I was at my employer. So why did she have to work? She didn't. And we had the best summer ever. We traveled, we camped, we, you know, ate out, we went, did staycations and resorts. I mean, just things were going really well. And, and if you go back and watch some of those videos or some of our best ever, you know, um, 2015 came and things continued to double and just did phenomenal, like just phenomenal. Our numbers doubled guys, 2014, 2015 doubled. It was awesome. 2016, our best year ever on YouTube. Month after month, numbers are phenomenal. Things are doing really well. I'm making a lot of money. Um, and I say a lot in respect to a normal average 30 year old family man, right? 
I, 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 I would never consider myself rich. I've never been rich when it comes to financial money. Right. I think, uh, I think, you know, when you're making a million dollars a month, that's rich, you know, that's, that's rich. <laughs> uh, if you're making, um, I don't know, maybe if you're making a couple hundred G's a month, yeah, you're probably rich. That's, I don't know. I think everyone's definition of rich is, 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 uh, is different, but when it comes to financially, when kid says, are you rich? I am absolutely not rich. Um, uh, you know, you, you can tell by the purchases I make, the cars I drive, where we live, what we do, you know, that's very clear. Um, again, a lot of that's for show though, too, right? You look at rappers and their rap videos and their music videos. And it's like, you know, they're doing all these things. It's like that. They don't even own all that stuff. They don't own those cars. They rented those cars just for this music video, right? I digress. Um, so 2016 things are going very well. We have a viral hit in the summer and the, uh, you know, I think it was July of 2016, um, a million views in, in one, in one week, six days. It had a million views. And then every video after that was getting a hundred thousand views in eight hours, guys. That was insane. Never seen that kind of success before, before or after that month. But something happened, something, something happened, something crazy happened. And I still don't know exactly what it was. I have my suspicions because I could look at my analytics and I could make some educated guesses but I can never get any confirmation on it because no one at YouTube actually knows what the hell is going on. Right. But something happened. And after our best month ever, things started going downhill and never stopped going downhill. So that's, that's, where we're going to go next in this story is the last couple of years. And the, I guess what you would call the fall of, of YouTube, the fall of my YouTube, but first, a word from our sponsor. Inevitably, I'm going to miss some things in this talk, in this podcast that you guys may have wanted to know. We'll do a, we're going to be doing Q&A episodes in the future. Um, I will be taking some Q&A at the end of this episode of stuff that we've already, we've already, you know, people already asked. But obviously, after you listen to this episode, if there's still burning questions you have, uh, that is what you can post uh, anchor.fm slash Clintus. There's a voice message option right there, or you can just send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, wherever else you can email me clintus.tv at gmail.com. Um, but let's get into the, uh, the next part of this. So 2016 end of 2016, right. We're coming off the best year ever. And I, I, I'm not going to lie guys, if things continued to grow, they were growing in 2016 in 2017, I probably would have made a million dollars. That's how well things were going. That's how much money YouTubers can make if things are going that well. But as I said, something changed and things started going downhill. Um, from I could tell right away when the kids went back to school, numbers dramatically shifted and went down. And I had some consultants look at my channel, look at my analytics, and and you know their feedback was, "Oh, kids are just going back to school. It always goes this way." I'm like, "Yeah, no, but this is different. Something feels different." We just had the most explosive summer ever. We grew like, I don't know, 300, I don't even know, 200,000 subs in like, in two months. Like it was like boom, 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 like crazy, right? Just month after month and the viewership. And it was just, it was so crazy. But then it was like, it was almost like YouTube said, whoa, 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 slow down. You're growing too fast. You went too high. You weren't supposed to go that high this soon. And like took the wind out of our sails. And then we just, we, we, we fell, we free fell, right? We, we went into the atmosphere and burned out. And so now we're just falling back down to earth. It's kind of what it felt like. Um, 
beginning of 2017, I went and met with another friend of mine who's a consultant with YouTube and same thing. Looked at my channel, said, well, I mean, everything looks fine. Everything looks normal. It's just your videos aren't being suggested as much as they used to. Right. And that was, that was basically what I came, the conclusion that I came up with is YouTube changed the way the videos were being served to the audience. It used to be sub, you know, when you went to your homepage, it was your subscriptions. And then when you were watching a video, you were being suggested videos from the same person you were watching. So you're watching a Clintus TV dirt bike video. Here's some more Clintus TV videos. Well, what had happened is some, they, they changed it where it was no longer suggested view videos. It was recommended videos and recommendations were based on the content you were watching. So whereas before it was, here's, you're watching a Clintus TV dirt bike video. Here's some more Clintus TV videos. It had changed to you're watching a, a, a Clintus TV dirt bike video. Here's some more dirt bike videos from other people. So across the board for, for YouTube, it was great because it was exposing people to new YouTubers, right? More YouTubers were getting more exposure and the views were being spread across the multiple channels, which sounds like a great thing. And as a community, it is a great thing. However, for me, it was bad because instead of you binge watching four or five of my videos, now you're binge watching four or five other people's videos. And you're just, you would leave my channel and go down the rabbit hole. And that's what happened. That's what is, that's what changed at least for me and my channel, right? Now combine that with my kids are getting older. They're both into club sports. Now they're not, you know, we're not going to the arcade as much. We're not, you know, doing, they're just not little like little kids anymore. Right. And, and so the things that we were doing for fun also changed and also evolved. And we weren't doing as much, as much, as many fun things on a regular basis, right? It'd be like once a week instead of four times a week, something like that. Overall, a lot of factors changed, which put them all together and my channel was going down, right? I would never, I've never stopped growing in subscribers. If you pull up my channel on social blade or whatever, I've never stopped growing the subscribers. There's never really been a negative month, right? Outside of like the purges where they remove um, fake accounts or, or, or accounts that haven't been verified or accounts that were, you know, created by bots and spammers. Those get removed all the time. And, and I think there's been maybe once or twice that that day, one day I went negative. But my point is that new people find my channel every day and new people hit that subscribe button every single day. It's never once slowed down. Uh, it's slowed down. It's never stopped, I should say. It's never gone in reverse, right? I know people who've, who have negative days for weeks, if not months. We've never stopped growing the subscribers. However, we've steadily declined in viewership over the last two years, right? 2017 into 2018, we've steadily declined in viewers. Now, the beginning of 2018, I decided to make a change. I decided to stop doing the daily vlogs and start doing challenges and more specialized contents. Like today's video is just basketball and we're gonna put some music to it, <clears throat> right? Here's a dirt bike video, like music video style, right? I started making all these different kinds of videos and it didn't matter. It didn't change. Views went up for a couple of days. A couple of videos did really well, but it didn't really bring back any major sense of viewership. I wasn't happy. I wasn't enjoying it. And so ultimately after two months, I went back to daily vlogging. Um, some people rejoiced. Some people said, oh man, I was liking the challenges. I was liking this. I was liking that. At the end of the day, I had to do what I wanted to do and what I could sustain doing, right? I've been daily vlogging for six years. I needed to, you know, because I, because I, because I could, I, I, I was doing the daily vlogs for six years because I can, because it came natural to me, because it came easy to me. 
the challenges and, and like I said, the, the writing and the creating does not come easy to me. That's not something that I like wake up in the morning and go, man, it'll be a fun video to make this thing where I did this thing over here and I do this thing over here. And then Bryce does this thing and this happens over here. Oh my God, it'd be so good. That's not how my brain works. It's just not how it's never worked that way. And I don't think it ever will. So we went back to daily vlogging and I complained a lot. You know, I complained a lot about YouTube and the viewership and one bad comment would set me off and trigger me. And, you know, um, I complain about it. And then all the, the, the 30 or 40 of, of the positive comments would be like, wait a minute, what about our comments? Why are you, why are you singling out this one bad one? We have all these good ones, you know? Um, so it took me a long time to kind of like reset my, my way of thinking and my mind and, um, come to terms with my channel and, and with me, I mean, it really comes down to, it comes down to me and, um, what I'm, you know, what, what I'm willing to do and whatnot. My darkest times on you, on YouTube, uh, were after, you know, come end of 2017. I think we, we bought the new house. We had this amazing backyard with a pool and, you know, we still had grass. We had a basketball court. I was able to ride dirt bikes right from my garage. Um, you know, I was, I had it in my head that buying a new house was exactly what we needed to rejuvenate our channel, jumpstart it. Right. Um, and I was wrong. I thought that, uh, that's all it was. All, all we, we needed to do was just kind of do some new fun things. Right. So a swimming pool was going to be like our saving grace is what I thought. Um, but again, the, with the change in the algorithm and the change in the way that things were being served on top of just a bunch of new channels and a bunch of new competition being out there. Um, our channel just never really swung back. We had, we had a good summer in 2017, you know, we did well. Um, we bought the house and things were going well and we were, we were happy. Everything was happy. Everything was going fine. Like, yeah, okay, fine. We're not, we're not making the money we were making in 2016, but we're still doing very well, way better than I was when I was working at, at my employer. So, you know, no complaints, things are going well, but then summer was, came to an end. Kids went back to school and the viewership dropped again. And this time it's now lower than it was in 2016, right? Cause we never really recouped from 2016. So 2017 was always just lower, but now we're locking even lower. Right. And so it seemed like another wave of, of, you know, if you're not getting suggestions, you're not being, uh, being recommended to people. Um, the way that YouTube works now is drastically different than it was, you know, four years ago. People don't really go in their sub boxes anymore. They go to their homepage and they just start scrolling. Especially when, when, when 60 to 70% of our viewership is now mobile. What do you do when you open up Instagram? What do you do when you open up Twitter, Facebook, I mean, even Snapchat, right? You, you look at the top and you scroll and you start scrolling, right? You go from post to post to post. Well, whatever's on your homepage is what you're looking at. So some of it's your subscribers, a lot of it's recommendations, right? If you look at your YouTube homepage, you'll see videos on there from a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, right? Because these videos are being recommended to you based on your viewing habits, your engagement. What videos did you watch longer? Which videos did you like or leave a comment on? Which videos did you leave YouTube after watching, right? All that stuff plays a part in the algorithm today. And all of that stuff makes a big difference. That's why clickbait became a thing and is a thing because your attention is so valuable when you're scrolling through the homepage that if it, if it, if the thumbnail is grabbing you and it forced and it causes you to click on that thumbnail and click on that video, then it won. You can say whatever you want about clickbait, good or bad, but clickbait, it baited you into clicking the video. 
they win. Now, the good ones are the ones that don't lie to you. The good ones are the ones that whatever it is that you clicked on is actually in the video, right? You actually get to that moment in time. It's not too far-fetched. It's like, oh, I see what he said there. He said that thing, but, you know, like I, I, I do that very once in a while, right? There recently was a video where Bryce's eye was all bloodshot red because he was rubbing the crap out of it. I took that screenshot because I didn't have anything else for that day, right? I was like, what's wrong with his eye with a red arrow pointing at it? And really, there's nothing wrong with his eye. He's just bloodshot because he was rubbing it. He was itch and something was in it and he was scratching it. So the thumbnail, you know, the, the picture looked bad. I was like, oh, I'm going to use that, right? Because I didn't have anything else. I didn't have literally anything else. But you know what? That video got more clicks than the previous day because it's something that people are in interested in, right? People are interested in drama. People are interested in, like, how many times you laugh when you see somebody trip and fall? You know, it's in, and a lot of people do. I know I do. It, 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 it's sad. I'm <laughs> to say it. I'm like, huh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to laugh at you. Bryce hates it when I laugh at him, when he trips and falls or he trips and does something silly. Like he gets embarrassed. But my natural reaction is to laugh, right? As a human race, I think we're our, our society where we're, you know, we find humor in all sorts of things, right? Other people's bad peril. I don't know what, what's the word like, um, tragedy, right? Train wrecks. That's why when there's a car accident, we have to slow down to look at it. It's just, it's, just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's inherently in us. So if you can make a thumbnail or a title that shows some form of emotion, whether it's something funny, something sad, something that's going to make you angry, something that's ex extremely like uh happy, right? A, 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 a moment, right? Those are the things you're going to click. People are going to click on and people are going to watch. People are going to share. Oh my God, dude, you got to watch this guy. This guy did this thing. It's crazy. Or, oh my gosh, you got to check this out. It's disgusting. It's so gross, right? How many times have you done that? Dude, watch this video. It's so, so gross. Why do I want to watch it? Cause it's crazy, right? Dude, check this video out. This guy did this crazy backflip, this, you know, front, front handspring to a backflip and da, 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 right? And lands it. It's, it's, those are the things. Now, as a daily vlogger, it's very, very hard to have one of those moments every single day, right? I mean, let's be realistic. In, in, in a normal day, how many epic moments happen? How many bad moments happen, right? It's few and far between. Most, of the, most days we get, we get by without any, any kind of crazy, um, uh, you know, excitable moment. So as a content creator, it's very hard. When you have just a normal day, nothing happens, and so you have to come up with the title and thumbnail, right? You have to come up with that title and thumbnail that someone's going to click on. If you go back to my last, you know, 60 videos, you can tell the, the boring days. You can tell when nothing happened because the title and, my, and the thumbnail is just some random ass picture of me with a random title that just kind of like means nothing, right? And I'll bet you $100 they're the ones with the lowest view counts, Right? Something I learned over the years, put, put the kids in the thumbnail to get more views. More specifically, put Bryce in the thumbnail and to get more views, right? Talk about basketball, get more views. Back in the day, it was talk about dirt bikes, get more views. Doesn't happen as much now, but you know, there's little tricks to the trade. You learn, you pay attention, right? The Bevo's learned it. Anytime they talk about baseball, it gets more views. If they, he go, they go on vacation, have this epic summer vacation at the beach or something like that. Their videos would do horrible. Come back to the first baseball tournament, we get twice as many views. Jack's scratching his head going, what the fuck? It's like, eh, that's YouTube, man. You know? Because your videos are suggested to people who are into baseball. 
But if you do something about, you know, going to Disneyland, well, now the video is being recommended to people that watch Disneyland videos, but, oh, but guess what? You don't do Disneyland videos. So you're not being recommended to those people. You know, that's, that's how the algorithm works. Your interactions as a viewer dictate what content you see on a daily basis in the YouTube app and on the YouTube homepage. And the people that have figured this out are the ones who are doing well because they figure out what their audience is into and they purposely make videos or at the very least thumb titles and thumbnails that appeal to those viewers. Now I say this all the time. Video blogging is one of the hardest, uh, categories or genres to get into on YouTube because every day is different, right? Your daily life is, is every day is different or it's a lot of the same, which may not be something exciting or thrilling, right? Let's be honest. We all watch other people. We all, we, we watch other content. We watch content, uh, for entertainment value, right? Because it's not our lives. People say all the time, like my life's boring. Well, like, yeah, your life might be boring to you, but it's not to someone else, right? You guys tell me that all the time when I say, oh, it's a boring video. It's like, well, it's better than nothing. I'd rather watch your video and your life because it's not mine, right? You're doing something that I'm not. And so the, the, the channels that are killing it are the ones who are creating content, right? They're doing the challenges and they're doing the, the, you know, whatever it is, because that title and thumbnail is going to grab you when they put it in there. Now I'm guilty of this as well, right? It's our day. We're doing this throughout the day, but today we did a Nerf gun battle. So Nerf gun fam family battle is in this title and thumbnail. It gets you to click on it. Boom. But you got to watch our, you know, our breakfasts and maybe our lunch maybe doing some shopping, some homework. Oh, and then we do the Nerf gun battle, right? That was notorious for a long time. I think YouTube changed something about that, right? If your video is not, uh, the Nerf gun battle is not in the first, you know, minute, then it's like people left the video or fast forward it. YouTube picks up on that and your video doesn't get suggested anymore. Again, there's so much competition on YouTube nowadays that they've, that the YouTube themselves has to find ways to weed out people that are being deceiving or people that are, you know, like what videos are going to get the most views, what videos are going to get the most watch time, right? If your video is not special in any way, then it's not going to get any of that algorithm love, right? Now that's not to say that you can't create your own audience and still get a massive amounts of views from your subscriber base, but it's more difficult because now you're talking about growing a channel organically without any help from YouTube, which any popular YouTube today got help from the algorithm, 100%, right? They post a video and it gets recommended to millions of people, millions of people click on it, boom. More people get recommended the video, more people watch the video. It gets recommended to more people, boom. It just keeps going and growing and growing, right? And we've seen that numerous times from channel to channel. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of where the algorithm is today, right? The browse, the homepage is kind of the king, right? That's where most views come from for most people. Recommended views. Subscriber will be somewhere in the third or fourth slot. You know, um, every audience is different though. I can't speak to every audience. I can only speak to the five or six channels that I have access to that I can see. Uh, granted, most of them are YouTube, uh, uh vlog channels, a couple of them are game channels, but for the most part, they're, they follow the same, sh same patterns, right? Uh, obviously consultants can probably, uh, speak more clearly to other channels that do similar things. But if you're making content on YouTube and you're, you're doing something very specific, so like cooking videos or how to videos, or even gaming videos around one game, you'll have a better chance of growing a channel than you would doing something like vlogging where every day is a little different. Every day is something, you know, different, that sort of thing. I also think that having younger kids helps. It's not, it's not the to say that that's the end all be all, but 
you know, younger kids are watching YouTube these days um, at an alarming rate. And so they're more relatable to uh, little kids, right? So you got an eight-year-old watching, they want to watch other eight, nine, ten-year-olds, right? It's relatable, like they're friends. And I feel like that's one of the disadvantages as well. I, I, I thought it was an advantage when I was younger or when the kids were younger, because like my kids were older, right? A lot of kids have babies. Well, I got, I got, uh, you know, a 10 year old and an eight year old. Now I have a 14 year old, and 11 year old. And, and while my kids can do things that a lot of these little kids can't do when the demographic, the major demographic on YouTube are, you know, eight, nine, 10 year olds, they don't want to watch a 13 year old, a 14 year old, you know, they're not, they're not relatable. They can't relate to a teenager. Not to mention, Sierra's not sitting here talking to the camera for, you know, two or three minutes about something. She's not sharing a lot these days, you know? So the content's changed. And it'll continue to change. It'll continue to evolve as time goes on. That's one of the reasons why the past, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half, you've noticed a lot more of me talking, ranting. You know, years ago, I would cut that stuff out, right? Because... A lot of kids are watching our vlogs and kids don't want to hear dad talk. They want to hear, they want to see the kids have fun. They want to hear the kids laughing and playing and, you know, being goofy. And so I'd cut out a lot of my rants that I would used to do, right? Or Tiffany would be, you know, be watching be like, oh yeah, you know, that part where you were talking about this, I skipped that part, right? Chrissy would say the same thing like, yeah, everything was great until Clint started talking, you know? Uh-huh. And so I'd, I'd cut that stuff out. Well, now fast forward to, you know, the last year or so, and I feel like, if you cut out my ranting, then there's not a lot of content there to begin with, right? The kids aren't doing a lot these days. <clears throat> they play sports, they play video games, you know, they hang out with their friends, they'll go to their friends' houses or have friends over. And it's like, you know, I can't just sit there and point the camera at them for 20 minutes, you know, just not, just not how this stuff works. And again, it's not what I want to do. At the end of the day, I want to, I want to capture moments and share those moments. And I feel like the question right now is, 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 are there enough moments in a day to make a daily video? I question that on a daily basis. Um, you know, if you go back and watch the last month's worth of videos, it's like, it seems like every other day was a good day, right? Every other day we did something, something was going on. The video was more than 10 minutes, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, it was a good day. It was a good day. And then every other day, it's like the video is like six or seven minutes and it's like four minutes of me talking, right? Nothing else really happened that day. And those are the days where I feel like I should skip. Those are the days I feel like just save whatever little moments we did capture and roll them over the next day, right? Kind of like the Bevos. The Bevos, they do tw two videos a week. They do one on Wednesday. They do one on Saturday. And they kind of just, you know, capture whatever moments they happen those three or four days and then wrap it into, you know, one video, um, you know, that ends up being around 10, 12 minutes or more, right? Some days it's 20, 30 minutes, uh, the, the, ba the baseball tournaments, that sort of thing. So I've been thinking a lot about that. I've been thinking about maybe doing more and more of that stuff, or maybe just even a weekly compilation, right? One video a week, it's like 30 to 40 minutes of just, you know, the highlights of the week, right? I've thought about doing that too. But I'll be honest with you. I'll be transparent. I'm gonna be real for a second here. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to not post every day because I, I don't know what that will do to the channel. I don't know what that will do to our already low viewership. I don't know if, if I'm not posting every single day, if we're gonna get recommended even less than we're getting recommended today. And that's the reason why I still post every single day. That is the real reason, the truth, is that I'm, 
I'm scared to not post every single day because we can't afford to get less views. We can't afford to make less money right now. We're at the point where between YouTube and Twitch and merch, and even this podcast, the, the, the ads that you guys listen to in this podcast. Now at this point, I'm getting enough views and listens now that I'm making, uh, you know, a, a small, very small chunk of change from the podcast. And so, um, you know, as I continue to, con- to grow my different platforms, it's making up for the losses on YouTube. So we're still doing very well. I'm, I'm not, I'm not here to say, Oh, what was me? Like, I'm just simply saying YouTube is at, at a point now where if it goes down much further, we'll have to start reevaluating, um, a lot of things. So that's what, that's the main reason why I still post every day, even though I feel like I shouldn't. The reality is I, I have to because I'm scared to not. Now, if tomorrow something happened and I, I found another way, another source of income, I all of a sudden Twitch doubled its income, you know, something crazy happened. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking crazy and I didn't have to worry about YouTube's income nearly as much, then I'll tell you right now, I would probably stop daily vlogging. In fact, I've already made the commitment, or not commitment, I've already made the, I already said it, I've said it once or twice, that 2019 might be the last year that I'm daily vlogging. 2020 might be the year that I go to, you know, once a week or twice a week or something like that, right? Um, Because if things keep going the way they're going, Twitch should supersede YouTube for the first time ever. Twitch should make should should bring more income than YouTube, which is mind blowing. Um, but that's only because YouTube's continued to go down. It's not that Twitch has gone that high or that up, but it's the fact that YouTube continues to decline. <clears throat> and 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 YouTube is like a sales. If you're a salesman, right? If you sell cars or you sell insurance or you sell anything, you know how it is. One month you could kill it. You sell more than you've ever sold before. You make a ton of money. You've got to learn how to roll that money over, right? Cause the next month you might not sell anything and not make anything. So you have to be smart with your money. And that's what we've been, we've been trained to do for the last four years, right? We'll have a good month. Sweet. Roll that over, save it because the next month might be shitty. And I'll tell you right now, January and February are shitty months. If you do any kind of, any kind of uh, YouTube content or any kind of thing that's revolved around ad revenue, you know that January, and February absolutely suck. And so Christmas is usually good. November is usually good, right? You have a couple of good months coming off of, uh, of summer, right? So we would roll it over. It's, that's why we're able to do okay. We're, we're, we're doing okay because we, we save our money. We're conservative, right? So I started getting up from the little tangent here. Let's bring it back home. I've been ranting more in the videos. I've been talking more in the videos. I've been focusing more of the videos on me because I am the future of this channel. It's called Clintus TV. It's always been called Clintus TV because it's about me, Clintus, my life, my stories, my experiences, right? I'll get on Tiffany or I'll get on the kids every once in a while. Like, Oh, why didn't you vlog that? You should have grabbed the camera and vlog that. But then I like most recently, I immediately, oh, never mind. Not your thing. Sorry. Right. Like this isn't your channel. This isn't your thing. And they embrace that. I'm not saying that I'm not trying to be like, um, uh, egotistical or anything like, oh yeah, this isn't your channel. No, no, no. I mean, I mean that in a real, real way. No one in this household are vloggers other than maybe Sierra, right? Sierra is following in my footsteps. She has her YouTube channel. She, she just vlogged last weekend at her volleyball tournament. She is a YouTuber, but for this argument, this conversation, let's just say she's not because she doesn't pick up our camera and vlog, right? 
So that's my point I'm trying to make. No one else in this household is a vlogger like me. No one else in this household thinks about vlogging like I do. Now, Tiffany has been trained over the last couple of years to pick up the camera, say good morning, show the kids when I'm not around, right? You'll also notice when I travel, Tiffany vlogs a whole hell of a lot more than when I'm home, right? When I'm home, she never picks up the camera, right? If I'm around, she just, just doesn't even think about it. It's Clint will do it. Clint will do it. But if I'm not around, she forced to pick up that camera and vlog, right? Because I'm not there. Some of the best videos are when I'm not around because she'll vlog more and she hurt. She does things differently than me. She has a creative eye. She, she notices things, right? But my point I'm trying to make is, and this is a question that I get asked quite often, which we'll get to questions here in just a moment. But one of the questions I get a lot is, are you going to stop vlogging when the kids move out of the house? Or what are you going to do when the kids get older and move out? What are you going to do when the kids go to college, right? Are you going to still vlog? Are you still going to YouTube? Are you, what, you know, what are you going to do? And the answer right now, this exact moment as we're recording this video on February 4th, 2019 is yes, I'm going to continue to vlog. I'm going to continue to make YouTube videos. I'm going to continue doing what I do because it is what I do. And if we rewind back to 2006, when I started vlogging, it was just me, the camera and you. And that's how it's going to end is with me, a camera and you say what you will about my channel, say what you will about my content, but I'll be here for a long time. All these kids that are killing it right now, they're famous, they're YouTubers, all the kids know their names, all the kids look up to them. They're going to come and go and there'll be another set of kids, new fresh eyes that roll through every year, right? You see it at these conferences, the people that are being promoted and people that are getting, uh, you know, publicity from it. It's a new, fresh set of faces every time, but I'll still be here. I'll be still doing my thing. I'm here for the long haul. I'm here for the marathon. And, uh, you know, I may not be quote unquote crushing it like, uh, like a lot of YouTubers are, but I'm living, still living a dream, right? I'm getting paid to do what I love on my own terms, on my own time. And that's at the end of the day, that's the dream, right? That's the American dream. I have a dream job. I wake up every morning doing what I want when I want. And I get to do it with a bunch of awesome people that hang out with me on a daily basis, whether it's playing video games or watching my day unfold in a, you know, 10 minute video or, you know, even better, best of both worlds, walking around doing something IRL with a live chat, right? I'll be doing that for the next 10 to 20 years, whatever the future looks like, whatever that, whatever it, 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 you know, YouTube, Twitch, the social media, whatever that looks like, I'll be still here doing that. When those kids are run out of money, run out of ideas. Cause they were just a fad. They were just riding the hype, the hype wore off. Now what, now what are they doing? I'm setting myself up for the long, for the long game, right? I'm setting myself up to have an audience that cares about what I say and what I do no matter what, right? Not because I'm what I'm doing is hot, trendy, or popular. It's me, it's real, it's raw. And so that's why I'm gonna win in the end. All right, let's get to the Q and A part. I, uh, I threw it out on Twitter and Instagram uh, that I was shooting this episode and uh, wanted to get some, some questions answered for you guys. Uh, so if you don't already, be sure to follow me, twitter.com slash Clintus, instagram.com slash Clintus. I post pretty regularly on those places and those are my two uh, best platforms. 
Okay, so first, Elena asks, whose videos inspire you when you are in a YouTube funk? Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't watch a lot of YouTube these days. I'm way more into live streams on Twitch. Uh, again, the reason why I do what I do is I love having conversations and, and, and sharing experiences and going back and forth. So on Twitch, I'm able to do that in real time in a live conversation. So, um, you know, when I, when I pull up my phone or my, pull up the computer or the iPad, 99% of the time I'm going to Twitch, not YouTube. But for the sake of the question, uh, the two channels I probably watch the most would be Casey Neistat and Sean Duras. Um, I just love their style. I love the way they vlog. Uh, obviously, Casey's more of a movie, but, you know, he still vlogs and he's still very... What he says means a lot to me. Like it resonates with me when he, when he, when he talks. Um, other channels that I watch for motivation, Gary V, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, a very, he's an entrepreneur, very businessy, but a lot of stuff that he says really resonates with me and, and hits home. Um, I have a lot of friends I still watch from time to time. Um, I'll check in with like, you know, the Shaytards and CTFXC and, uh, you know, uh, every once in a while I'll pull up, you know, friends channels like the Daily Bumps and uh, Jared Nelly, that sort of thing. But again, not as relatable these days. Um, our lives are very different and what I'm into is different. So, but yeah, when I pull it up, I pull up my sub box and I kind of just scroll through and, and, and just kind of, you know, title and thumbnail, what, what's going on in everyone's lives. What's, what are these videos about? And, uh, I'll pull them up and, and I'll I usually binge watch. Honestly, I'll, I'll go weeks without watching YouTube. Then all of a sudden I'll watch like two or three hours in a row, right? Very rare, but it does happen. All right, next, we get a lot of questions uh, asking about dirt bike videos. When are you going to do the next dirt bike video? When are you going dirt bike riding again? Um, just to kind of wrap that up, because I, I feel like I talk about that pretty often. Um, dirt bike riding is not something that is a major uh, hobby or activity for the family. In fact, the kids don't even want to ride anymore. I'm going to sell their dirt bikes, and that's the end of that chapter. Um, I'll keep mine. Mine's paid for. I still enjoy riding, but riding dirt bikes for me is like going golfing or bowling or going to the arcade. It's fun to do when, you know, someone invites you to go and you want to go, you know, do the thing with your friends and your family or whatever. But it's not something that I like wake up in the morning going, man, I can't wait to go ride dirt bike riding. There's just too many other things I'd rather do. Um, like Bryce with basketball. He likes playing basketball, but when he wakes up in the morning, what's he think about? He thinks about his PlayStation. He thinks about NBA 2K and Fortnite. Like that's his favorite thing to do. For me, playing video games, live streaming are my favorite things to do right? Those are my hobbies. That's what I'm gonna do. Plus they're a lot more convenient, right? I can roll out of bed in my underwear, but in my underwear, but PJs, whatever, right? And come over here and boot up my computer and play video games, right? I can go live. I can hang out with you guys for four to six hours and have a good time, right? <clears throat> Dirt bike riding takes a lot of energy. takes a lot of effort. You got to pack up your bike, load up your gear, drive 30 to 40 minutes to your destination, unload, gear up, go for your ride for an hour or two, Come back, undress, load your bike, drive another 30, 40 minutes to your home, unload, unpack, clean the bike, clean your stuff, right? All that work. It's a whole day event, right? So it's just not convenient. And like I said, kids aren't into it anymore, so not really going to happen anytime soon. So when's the next time I'm going to go riding? Uh, I don't know. Next time I get invited by my dad or my brother. Okay, next we get a lot of questions regarding the future of the YouTube channel, my future. Where do I see myself in five, six, eight, ten years? Um, as of right now, I plan on continuing doing what I'm doing. As I said earlier, I plan on continuing to, uh, capture my life and share it with others, right? As long as there's an audience, as long as there's people who care what I say, care what I think, care about my life, I will continue to share it. It's that simple. Um, <clears throat> I'm evolving obviously from daily vlogs to 
almost daily live streams. Um, again, I, I think I said this earlier, if I had it my way, I would just live stream everything and not really worry about the vlog. I would live stream it and then, you know, maybe upload that to YouTube for people who couldn't watch it live. But let's be honest, watching something that was live where I was talking to somebody that's not there now is not quite the same, right? <clears throat> when I, when I vlog, I'm talking to you and I say you as in the thousands of you that watch this video, right? It's a one-to-one -one conversation, me talking to you. But when I'm talking to a chat room and I'm answering questions in real time and I'm like, yeah, Bob said this and John said that and that was really funny, Chip, right? Like it's not the same. It doesn't mean the same. So posting the streams on YouTube just never really feel the same way, even though that would probably be the easy way out is I would just live stream everything and then just upload it to YouTube afterwards, right? <clears throat> but my goal, my plan is to continue doing what I'm doing continue to foster and grow this community that I have for the last, you know, six to 10 years and, uh, just see where it takes me. Uh, you know, Sierra's 14. So she's got four more years. She's basically as high school until she's done. And then she figures out what she wants to do with her life. And Bryce is, you know, behind her a few years. And so realistically, if I can continue doing what I'm doing until they move out and move on to their lives, um, and Tiffany and I can like downsize and go very minimalistic then, you know, that's, that's the dream the dream is to be able to continue doing what I'm doing and, you know, retain and, and enough of an audience, enough of a community to, you know, sustain my, ourselves for the next, I don't know, 20, 30 years. But again, who knows what tomorrow is going to look like? Who knows what new services, new apps are going to come out, right? Like, <clears throat> I feel like live streaming is just now really starting to hit mainstream. Uh, whether it's with Twitch or with the IRL streams, right? A lot of people stream from in, on Instagram or on Facebook, right? Um, I think Periscope Periscope's kind of lost its luster. Twitter video is not really a thing, but you know, YouTube does live. Uh, Twitch obviously does live. Facebook, Instagram, even Mixer, right? Able to do that stuff from your phone. Uh, live is going to be everywhere. So who knows the next iteration is going to be, right? Virtual reality. Throw goggles on, and you're seeing what I'm seeing. You're you're where I am, right? That's that is that the future. Who knows? Um, so it's hard to say where I'll be, but my plan is to continue doing what I'm doing for the next couple of years. I don't see myself not, not doing what I'm doing anytime soon. Okay. A handful of questions about traveling and would I ever travel to X or Y? Um, we travel when there's a reason to travel. Um, most of the time it's for a sponsored, uh, travel, you know, uh, a sponsored video or a conference. Uh, sponsored stuff, they pay for it, right? So they're telling us to go to here. Like last year we went to Mississippi. The year before that we went to Tennessee. The year before that we went to Florida. Those were paid trips that they said, hey, we want you to come out and, and visit you know, our area and explore and make a video around that video. Or they were sponsored. <clears throat> um, I go to a lot of conferences. So if there's a conference in a particular city that's relevant to what I'm doing, whether that's uh, gaming or streaming or YouTube or that sort of thing, then I travel for that. Uh, and then after that, the only other time we ever travel is for vacations, which, you know, we go to vacation. Usually as a family, it's going to be somewhere warm and, you know, near a beach, right? We live in Arizona. California is only a six hour drive. So it's very easy for us just to go to California for, for a thing. I'm trying to talk Tiffany into going to Orlando this year for vacation. I'm going to be going for a conference anyways. Let's make a family vacation at it. And she's totally against it because she doesn't want to spend $2,000 on flights when we can drive to California for a tank of gas, right? <clears throat> so um, when it comes to traveling, 
there just needs to be a reason to go. There needs to be a reason to spend the money. There needs to be a reason to, um, you know, commit to that sort of thing. So I'm down to travel literally anywhere. And someday when the kids are older and moved on and it's just Tiffany and I, we plan on traveling all around the world. That's, that's the plan with and without the kids, both, both we will travel all around the world. <clears throat> that's, that's a future goal for us for sure. And you know, if things keep going the way they're going, we will share those adventures with you guys. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. So Ashton asks, does YouTube ever put stress on yourself and the family? Uh, the quick answer is yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's my job, right? It's my business. Uh, so for me personally, there's always a level of stress to make sure that the video gets done. It gets edited. It gets uploaded. There's no hiccups. There's no issues. When I publish it, it goes live. Notifications go out. There's all that, right? Um, I still edit every day. So before I do anything else for the day, I have to make sure I edit and upload and get the video out, right? It happens before I go live. It happens before I leave. If we have an early morning, that means I either have to stay up late to edit or get up really early to edit, right? So, oh, everyone has to get up at 6 a.m.? Well, not dad. Dad has to get up at 4 a.m., right? That sort of thing. Um, so there's definitely a level of stress for me because because it's, it's, it's my business, right? It's how we pay the bills. But there's been a level of stress for the family uh, to make sure that we capture the moments, right? 99% uh, of the things you see in the vlog are spur of the moment and they just, they happened and we pulled the camera out and captured it, right? There's always a, a level of stuff that gets missed and not vlogged because we don't have a camera rolling 24 seven, right? Or the camera was in the other room when something happened and no one was fast enough to pick it up, right? And you can't redo it. You can't say, wait, 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 stop. You know, there's been multiple times over the years where I was like, wait, 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 don't do that. Yeah, hold me the camera, get the camera, right? All right, now, now, now do it, right? Or, oh my God, you gotta do that again. Do that again, you know? But it just never, it's never the same. It's never the same. Um, I remember specifically, there were a couple of times where we were shooting like sponsored videos and the kids wanted to go out and play. And I was like, nope, sorry, I can't. We gotta, we gotta shoot this sponsored video. And I remember Bryce specifically one time said something to me about, um, he wishes that we weren't YouTubers because he just wants to go play with his friends. And we always had to shoot these videos. Now, granted he was exaggerating cause he was like eight or nine years old, but the, the point is still the same that us doing the videos was having a negative effect on him because his friends would come knock on the door and he'd be like, Oh, sorry, we got to shoot a video. Can't right. We'd be doing something for the vlog or we were shooting a sponsored video or something like that. And it's like, Nope, sorry. Today we're doing this Nerf gun fight, right? We're having a Nerf gun fight. It was fun, but it was a thing we were doing for the videos. And after he made that comment to me, I dramatically changed the way that I looked at the videos. We no longer were doing things for the vlogs. And maybe that's why the channel started to decline, right? Maybe that's why the, the, the content started to suck because we weren't doing stuff for the vlog. We were just living our lives and we were having more boring days than fun days, right? Because it used to be today, we're going to do a Nerf gun fight. Tomorrow we're going dirt bike riding. Uh, Thursday, we're going to the arcade. Uh, Friday, I'll take you guys to the park and then we'll get ice cream and then we'll go eat dinner, right? So there was all these moments that were happening for the sake of the vlog. Whereas if we weren't vlogging, we probably weren't going to do all those things, right? And that's kind of where we're at today. You know, we don't make, we don't do things for the vlog. It's like Sierra goes, Hey dad, can we go to the park to play volleyball? Yeah, sure. Cool. Boom. We vlog it. Bryce is like, Hey dad, I want to go shoot some hoops out back. Can you mind get my rebounds for me? Sure. No problem. Tiffany vlogs it, right? Um, we're going to go to a farmer's market. Cool. We're going to vlog it, right? It's not like, oh, what should we do today? We need something for the vlog. Let's do the zoo. Yeah, let's go to the zoo. Like, no, no one wants to go to the zoo, right? That's not something that Tiffany wants to do. The kids are kind of over it. Like the zoo is like a once a year thing, once every other thing, right? 
Whereas if we were like, we have to have something for every day for the vlog, we have to go out every day, you know, and that's where I think the content changed. So does it put stress on us? Absolutely. A lot less now than it ever has, because I don't stress the, the vlog or the, or, or the channel on the family anymore. Right. As I said earlier, it's my thing. It's not their thing. It's my stress. It's my job. It's my, my worry. They just need to live their lives and I will capture what moments I can of it. A common question that I get a lot about is about money, right? How do you maintain a steady income? Aaron asks, um, or people ask me, how do you make money, uh, you know, on YouTube and on Twitch? Uh, YouTube is real simple. It's ad revenue, right? So when you see the ads, um, it's pennies per view, right? I'm, I'm, I'm talking literally five to 10 cents per view. So you need millions of views to make thousands of dollars, right? Uh, Twitch, they also have ad revenue, but I make most of my money on Twitch from uh, paid subscriptions. Uh, when you go to Twitch, you can follow the account for free. That's the heart. It's free to follow. It's like subscribing on YouTube, but the subscribe on Twitch is a paid monetary support, right? So it's $4.99 a month. Uh, I get a portion of that revenue. You get a bunch of perks and free stuff on the channel, but that's how I make most of my money, that and tips. Um, I also make money from merch sales and I make money from this podcast when you listen to ads, um, as well as I have other like sponsorships and uh, partnerships outside of that. So like, you know, G Fuel, use my promo code. I get money from that. Kings Coast, use my link. I get money from that. So there's, I have, I have many, many different ways of making money that all come together as community slash influence. You know, I'm an influencer, right? So it's, that's how that stuff works, right? I get paid to promote things. I get paid to uh, do sponsorship deals. So, um, you know, uh, I make money a bunch of different ways, but the, the, the long and short of it is, is ad revenue on YouTube, right? So YouTube premiere, you don't see ads. I still get paid for that. Um, but if you're running an ad blocker, you suck and you're hurting the internet and you're hurting the content creators and you should turn it off. Pay the nine bucks for your YouTube red YouTube premiere. And, uh, that way the creators get paid and you don't see any ads, Quit being cheap living like it's large asks, how long does it take to edit your videos? Uh, I get this question a lot. Uh, it, because I edit very linearly, right? So I, I take all the clips, <clears throat> throw it in the timeline and just start editing. Um, it takes me as long as, as long as the video is right. So if I have an hour of footage, it's going to take me about an hour and 20 minutes to edit. If I have 10 minutes of video, it's going to take me about 12 minutes to edit. Um, because I just, I, I hit play and I start watching and I trim <clears throat> and I cut and I delete and I just kind of trim as I go. Right. Very linear. Cause the video is a chronological chronology, chronology, chronology. It, it's my day in chronological order, right? So it starts in the morning, afternoon, goes into the evening. So there's no, I don't need to move clips around. I don't need to trim a whole lot. It's just boom, 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 boom. So my editing process is very simple and, and streamlined because I've been doing this for seven years daily. And, and it's just, that's just what works. I'm not very creative. I just edit very linearly. It just, pff, this is, this is the day. This is the order it went in and that's it. Right? So good or bad. That's how I, how, how I edit. So it just, it takes me as long as I have footage, right? Caven 58 asks, how do you respond to the hate against the kids? By the way, love the vids. Um, <clears throat> it's changed over the years. Uh, in the early days when I got, you know, hate comments on the kids, I'd try to, you know, respond to it and reason with the kids. But I learned very quickly that a lot of times these kids are just saying the, the shit that they're saying because they can't, there's no repercussions, right? Like they're not going to get in trouble. Their mom and dad aren't, you know, going to get told that they're, you know, being a troll on the internet. I can't, you know, go to their house and knock on their door. All I can do is ban them, um, which is at the point where I'm at now. I don't really say anything back. I just let them say their, their, their stuff. 
Um, I get a feel for the, oh, okay, this kid's an asshole. Cool. Ban them. And then they can never leave. They can never like other comments are never seen again. Um, <clears throat> the funny thing is, is that when someone gets banned on YouTube, they don't know that they're banned. They don't know that they've been banned. So they, they can leave shitty comments all they want. They think that they're leaving shitty comments, but nobody sees them. Like literally nobody sees their comments ever again. They're once you've been banned from a channel, you can leave whatever comment you want on any video you want and no one will ever see it again. So, um, it's just one of those things where like, once you're an asshole, you're kind of, you're kind of screwed. You're going to be banned from the channel and I'm never going to ever be able to see a comment again from you. Even if you tried to apologize and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it or, you know, whatever, like I'm never going to see your comment again. So it doesn't matter. <clears throat> so I don't really respond to the hate anymore. Right. Um, it's unfortunate that there's so many kids in the world that feel the need to talk trash and talk shit. Um, because again, they feel like they can, they're not, you know, they would never walk up to the, someone's face and say that, but because they're behind a keyboard or a phone, they feel like they've got big balls and can say whatever they want. Um, you know, when the reality is, is most of them are, are, you know, pansies and wouldn't actually say that face to face or be able to, you know, be able to, uh, um, stand up to it. Right. You know, they, they, people like to talk trash about Bryce and, and about basketball. It's like, well, let me see your YouTube videos. Let me see you play basketball. Right. It's easy for you to say that you're better, but where's the proof. Right. And even with that said, even if they are technically better than Bryce, so what? What's the point? You're better. Th that's like saying that like LeBron James is a better basketball player than me. Well, no shit, Sherlock. He's, he's a professional basketball player, right? So what? You're better than Bryce the basketball. Congratulations. I'm sure there's things that Bryce is better at than you, right? Like maybe he's taller than you. Maybe he's skinnier than you. Maybe his eye colors is, is, is you know, he's more attractive to, to the ladies. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, right? The point is that congratulations. You're better at basketball. So what? Who cares? It's not a competition, right? On the court, you beat Bryce one-on-one, -on -one, congratulations, you beat him. Off the court, it doesn't mean shit. And when the sooner these kids figure that out, the better their lives will be. But until then, they're going to be shitheads and trolls, and they're going to talk trash on the internet, and acting like a tough guy, when the reality is that they are, they're nothing. They, they mean nothing. And they have a really, you know, shitty look on life, unfortunately. And that's the only place that they can feel important is on the internet in the comment section, talking trash about random people on the internet. Well, there you go, guys. That's the YouTube episode. As I said before, I guarantee you there's some topics that I did not touch on that you wanted me to touch on or things that I, I planned on talking about and for some reason forgot to because there was just a lot to talk about. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. Let's keep, keep the conversation going. We're not, this is a topic that's not going away. It's uh, obviously a major part of my life and the core of my business and my future. So there'll be plenty of more opportunities to talk about YouTube, my thoughts on the space and uh, where it's going, where it's been, that sort of thing. Um, so you can leave leave a voice message right on uh, anchor.fm slash Clintus. Or if you have the Anchor app, just do a search for Riffing with Clintus. And there's a button right there that says leave message or voice message. And um, I can pull that in and put that right in the podcast. Or you can email me, clintus.tv at gmail.com, and I'll uh, I'll either answer your question here on the podcast or just respond to your email, whichever is more uh, suitable for the question. Uh, future episodes. Uh, Twitch is definitely going to be a conversation because that is a big part of my current business and the future that I see myself in. Um, though it won't be as in-depth because obviously I've only been doing Twitch for a couple of years, but it's definitely uh, a topic that I want to talk about. Uh, in all walks of life. And I'll probably bring on some guests for that one. Um, we'll see. Uh, speaking of guests, I'm changing, I'm, I'm kind of changing my format a little bit here. I, I, I really want people here with me face to face shooting the shit, 
Uh, that was the intent of the podcast, but obviously that's not realistic for 99% of the people that I want to talk to. So I'm going to be working out some things, uh, to have some guests on to talk about some things. Uh, and we'll just, you know, we'll use uh, discord or Skype or whatever. And, uh, and uh, you know, I just, I want to have those conversations. So instead of like procrastinating going, well, I'll just wait till you come to Arizona. Uh, I'm just going to make them happen virtually. So, uh, stay tuned. 2019 is going to be awesome for the podcast. Uh, you're still going to get one episode a week guaranteed, but I also see myself spinning off and doing some spinoff episodes, uh, some follow-up episodes, that sort of thing, as well as doing what I originally intended to do is pull out the phone and record a small little episode when something happens, right? Like last night after the pot, after the Super Bowl would have been perfect, but I'm too, uh, I'm too caught up in my own, like, oh, I gotta wait episodes coming up on, on the Mondays, which now I'm recording on Monday. So this episode is actually going to go up on Tuesday. So whatever, right? It is what it is. But uh, yeah, so lots of stuff coming in the future for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Android, blah, blah, blah. And uh, be sure to follow me, twitter.com slash Clintus. That's where I tweet everything. It's the best place to keep up with me. Even if you don't have Twitter, you can read my tweets, twitter.com slash Clintus. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for giving me a moment of your time. Thanks for giving me your attention. It literally means everything to me.